0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's our Tech News Podcast. This morning I'm talking with Owen McFeely, Director of PwC Ireland Retail Machine Practice. How are you doing Owen?
1: Good morning, Ronan. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on today.
0: No problem. Now, first of all, tell me a bit about the new PwC Global Consumer Survey and how it came about.
1: Yes, Rowan, this is the 11th year of our PwC Retail Consumer Survey. Um, and as, as I said, it's been running for 11 years now. And really the purpose of it is, is to identify trends and insights that have, that have taken place in the consumer sectors across the globe. Um, Ireland have been involved with this now for the last four years. Um, and every year we have been producing an Irish cut. And I suppose the benefit of, of having an Irish cut Versus a global version is you get to see where Ireland fits sort of versus some of our global counterparts and and how we're um, positioning versus some some global trends and I mean just an example of one of those we've seen over the years is the use of mobile. Yeah. Um So when we first asked the question to a thousand Irish consumers back in twenty seventeen in terms of um, their 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 mobile usage as part of their purchase journey, I think. Th- the figure was around um, 10% were using mobile to, to purchase online. If you look at that figure now, I think it was in 2019, that had moved up to, to 20%. So it's good just to be able to sort of see those shifts in terms of trends. But then you compare those figures to some of our global counterparts, and like China, China sits around 55%. So you know Ireland was tw- 10% in 2017. Has pivoted to sort of 20% now in 2019, but we can still see the future ultimately probably sits up in the 50s. Um, and actually, on that point, like our, our current report, one of the things it sort of told us was that um, it told us that 45% of respondents, so it, it is a global number, but I still think it's relevant enough to earn 45% of respondents um, have been shopping via mobile for non food items. Um, so even from an Irish point of view, we've seen a jump from twenty percent now to a global of forty five. So yeah. just being for for businesses to kind of being able to sort of see and contextualise those those trends is useful. Um, and as I said, it's it's the eleventh year, and the twelfth year is currently in planning. We had our first global call only yesterday to start to talk about the the teams and the processes for the launch in twenty twenty one.
0: For me, it's good that you're you're looking at Ireland comparing to globally, because normally in the past with surveys or reports, it's taken globally. And you know, we have a breakdown of what is done in each country or each sector or each area in the world, like Europe or, or America or everything else. In fact, you've broken it down. It shows how far we've come and how far we have to go as well.
1: Yeah, and actually, at that point, Rowan, it's really important to our clients to see Irish stats. I mean, you can always look at global stats. You can even look at UK stats, but in reality, trends, and mobile was a good example where we saw in the the surveys, even mobile penetration was trending behind the UK. Um, So you can't always assume a stat in the UK is going to be the same for Ireland. So, yeah. Certainly here in PwC, we, we believe that that Irish cut is important. But the comparing against the globe, because that's what you're looking at, you're looking out and saying, well, here's a market that's probably three or four years ahead of me. I need to realign my business and reshape in line with those current trends.
0: Yeah, because I just imagine right now with UK and Brexit, et cetera, the trends that are happening there won't be the same as here because they're going to react to it and try to prepare for Brexit.
1: Yeah, and ultimately it's it's a very different issue in the UK compared to Ireland. So I take consumer goods. We we sort of we are dependent on the UK for a lot of our food imports. and yeah. um, so it's an it's a, so it's an importation issue. Um and also from an exporting point of view, the UK is a very big market for, for, for sort of for Irish food and, and in particular fresh food. So so Ireland has a set, has has a, has a unique set of Brexit issues. The UK has its own unique issues, and then if you look at other countries such as the Netherlands and and Belgium, which 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 would do a lot of trade as well, they have their own issues. Um, I think the fact also that the UK is a land bridge um, to Europe for us. That's probably. We're probably pretty unique in Europe in terms of that land bridge is an issue for Ireland, yeah. where you ask the Belgians or some of our European counterparts, that land bridge is less important because they're not using it for flow. So Brexit, although it is a major issue, it, how you look at it is very much comes on where you are based and where you're, and, and how your goods are flowing.
0: Yeah, I guess if you're based near a border county, it's a different issue.
1: Yeah, listen, we certainly have a lot to understand about Brexit in the next couple of weeks. We're obviously we're obviously hoping for a deal I mean I think we are seeing discussions sort of on the way at the moment um, as I said hopeful hopeful that we get to a deal I think the view is probably be a you know, it would be a fairly sort of deal late in the process but certainly our our advice and certainly work we're doing with our clients is to is you have to continue to prepare for a hard brexit on Jan 1 because sort of if you do not prepare then 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 sort of you're 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 at risk you're at risk to new process and to revenue exposure but yes. just on the point of brexit in terms of regards to whether it's a a a, a hard brexit or a, or, a, or a free trade deal brexit your trade processes will still change so an Irish exporter will still need to make customs declarations they'll need to employ a customs broker employ additional personnel etc so a free trade people often think a free trade deal means that that nothing changes it, it may mean from a tariff point of view that tariffs aren't applied on product going into the UK um, but as I said, processes processes change, and that's why we, we continue to advise our clients to 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 understand the supply chains, to map them, and to ensure that 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 change in place.
0: Right. Now, getting back to the survey, you also mentioned yeah. that despite the digital shift, it would be premature to write off physical stores. Why is this the case? Yeah,
1: yeah and it's a good question. It's a question people put to me a lot, Ronan. Um, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer that that. I think stores are here to stay, but I think what we will have in sort of 12, 18 months, 24 months, we will have a very much changed retail landscape. Um, I think there will be losers from it. I think we we will definitely see store closures. But I think those retailers that that will survive, and they will survive, need to, to I think they need to be something different, um, and they need to offer something different to online and and, and a different experience And I think just on the word experience, I mean, ultimately, like, shopping is a social event. It's an experiential event. And consumers, even though it's convenient to buy online, we still at times for certain categories want to see the product, want to touch it. We we want to get some advice. um, And you can't always get that experience online. Um, So I think... I think great retailers will continue to improve their businesses, and even during lockdown, we have seen we saw a global sportswear chain has opened up. It's in North Dublin. We've seen another sportswear chain has opened up a store in the city centre. Shops are still opening, but they have a particular focus. They are go-to destinations. They're selling, for example, sportswear, so they are they have a, a highly experiential offer. We're seeing the UK, We're seeing the US at the moment. Some of the big box retailers are very much the 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 the, the generalists let's say, closing. And that certainly see is probably a trend we're continuing to see. So it's all about experience, being a specialist, um, and having something different to offer the consumer. Um, and one thing we forget, for all the talk about online, like 90% of global retail trade is still done in stores. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a significant figure. But I would say to retailers in terms of, and it's interesting, a last year survey, Consumers told us it's all about experience. They want consumers want to get experience when they go into a store. And I think retailers also now need to pivot online. If if you're not online, you're gonna lose revenues. Um, and we know that 70% of, of Irish online revenues are going overseas. So there's a massive opportunity um, for for Irish retailers. And it's worth noting, like just there's, there's 37,000 people employed in Irish retail.
0: Yeah.
1: Eighty-five percent of those are in retailers that employ less than ten people. So these are price, so these are retailers in the SME, um, sort of in sort of in small to medium scale businesses. They need to get themselves online um, and, and, and 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 integrated.
0: Thing is for me, when you set up a shopping, I, I my when I go to shop. If I'm buying clothes, doing that online isn't as, isn't as easy because you got to make sure you try it on. Does it fit? and Does it suit? And all the colours match? Whereas if you're buying a book online, that's different. So with clothes retail, I can see that's going to be harder to actually. Set online because it's always you can't buy a product and then realize shoes are too tight. How do they? How do they fit with me? Or oh, there, I, I bought this top and it, and it's uh, too big for me. Yeah,
1: you no, know, I just I think that's a fair point. I mean, the theory of books and music, music is interesting. We're starting to see so we're starting to see music stores coming back, but in, in a different way, more boutiquey, more experiential. Yeah. Um, Books, I think, that we're starting to see now some of the big book retailers. And listen, and it is, I have to call out, it's a challenging, it's a challenging category to sell online. But now you're starting to see it becoming more experiential. You're starting to see coffee shops go into bookshops. Um, also, click and collect can play a major role. Often people want to book quite quickly. And often mm. the quickest way to get it might be click and collect. So retailers need to figure out how, how can I serve a, a customer via click and collect and actually get them into my store. Um, but listen, I think you're right. I, I think there are some categories that are more likely to pivot online, and um, books, electronics are sort of probably the end of the category. But but we have great bookshops, and you only have to walk around Dublin City Centre, and and you, you win some of them on on sort of the week leading up into Christmas and they're fall. It's it's and people are going there because they want the experience, they want the they want the expertise. But notwithstanding, I, I get it. It's a challenging sector. Um, but I say, one thing about retail, I think it's been very over the years, it's been very resilient. Like if you go back, if you wind the clock back, sort of into the from the 60s, we went sort of from from over-the-counter service stores to 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 um, supermarkets. People thought that supermarkets wouldn't survive. The people would go back to the original type of stores. So retail continues to to evolve, um, and this is all about evolution. And we'll be sitting here in five years' time, looking at a change retail landscape and talk about new change and challenges. But ultimately, I, I think retailers are pretty adept to to to, to change.
0: The only thing is, with the pandemic, a lot of them have actually got problems because they're not open and they can't have money to pay the rent. Now, if you own your own premises, that's easier for you to, to manage it. But if you don't, like, for example, if you look at beauties right now, they can't afford to... They haven't been home for a while and they have to close down because they can't afford to pay rents.
1: Yeah, listen, I, I think the sector face faced with of with cost challenges at the moment. Certainly, rent is one of those. Um, but I think if you go back to trying to get customers into stores, and one of the points we sort of touch on in the report is, is, is customers have told us that their experience needs to be rooted in safety and accessibility. So if we just sort of take the, 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 the challenge of getting footfall in in terms of COVID. Consumers want it made extremely safe for them. But that starts at the and, – and that could well start online where I have the option to book an appointment when I go in. Um, I could have the option to do click and collect but also in terms of how I sanitize at the door, and um, if I'm changing, if I'm trying an item in the changing room, how are the clothes sanitized after me? Are retailers moving stock around? For example, you see a number of stores at the moment where you have hot spots, we have we have customers congregating, and people start to feel nervous. So, how can a retailer how can a retailer start to feel as as how can a realist, how can a retailer start to make it feel safe for the consumer? But another point as well, and it this a couple of times now, is the issue of queues. I think retailers aren't using queues to their to their advantage, let's say. So if I'm a retailer and I have people in a queue, I should be engaging with them. I should have one of my best store colleagues talking to every, every shopper on the queue. I should have access to my stock in store, ask the customer what they're looking for. If they don't have it, can I get it in from another store? If they want a particular size, could I have it ready for them when I get into the changing room? And um, if I have a loyalty card, could the consumer, is the consumer sign, willing to sign up for the loyalty card? So I'd say to retailers, use queues to your advantage and don't let anybody stand in the queue without somebody engaging with them.
0: Yeah, because I guess if you give that person experience, the shopper is going to, like, going to come back because they thought this is great. I'm getting this great service.
1: Absolutely. And I was in a retail store recently. I had a very good experience and i think i've told i've, I've told three people about it so yeah. i suppose i become an advocate of them now so i think the better the experience is i think you're right and the more likely i'm going to go back to them but also the more likely i'm going to tell other people And if you think of the if you think of the role of social media now even i mean previous surveys we have done spoke about social and social's role in terms of providing inspiration and um, to 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 my purchase journey. I think we've seen heightened increase of social during during the, the lockdown and like yeah. one example there particularly is having some ladies fashion brands influencers are now actually going on social with different sizes and talking about their size in terms of height, weight etc and the size that they're on and how does it feel so I'm a size 5 foot 7 let's say I'm wearing a size 10 so these shoppers then online are able to say oh yeah I feel I can relate to that um, yeah. I can relate to that blogger size, that feels like a good purchase for me um, as opposed because that going back to your point about sort of some categories are naturally hard to buy online, fashion is one in terms of sizing. Yeah. So we've seen we've seen the sort of retailers using social to communicate brands in a, or, sorry not brands at size and shape and everything in a very subtle manner, but in a way that is driving reach that is driving footfall. And ultimately if you're getting consumers to buy on your website and you have a high street Presence. Well, there's a bit of stickiness there, and when things start to return to the new normality, I'm more likely to go back into that store because I'm comfortable the size and everything. Um, so, so yeah, an opportunity there too. leverage.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking years ago, uh, business was said a good was it was word of mouth. Now it's word of social media. That's what's take, yeah. taking its place. So when you go years ago, a friend would tell me, "Oh, I shopped in this store, and there was this person that gave me a great experience when I'm shopping. They looked after all my needs." Nowadays, that's social media. And influencers will go and tell their followers and everyone who's looking at the profile...
1: I think you make a very good point there, Roland, and the In the, and, and the survey last year, one of our questions was around being influenced to buy a product or service
0: yeah.
1: following reading a product review. So, so reading a product review is the same as me saying to you, oh, I was in the supermarket, had a great experience. But 28% of people said that they've been influenced. But when I look at Gen Z, so one of the younger cohorts, 38% of Gen Z said that 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 they have been influenced. So certainly for that that sort of younger, let's say um, probably sub thirty-five age group, um, and actually that 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 Gen Z the 17-22s, they're the most influenced at the moment. But as yeah. they get older and they come much more into the shopping um arena, they will continue those shopping, those um, that those social behaviors.
0: Yeah. Now also um the survey also mentions an increase in online grocery shopping. Will yeah. this trend continue in the future?
1: Um, simple answer, Rona. Yes, I think it will continue into the future. Um, no, I think it's just while probably worthwhile ca- calling out a, a, a couple of points here. Firstly, like the grocery, the store will still always remain the most important shopping avenue. That's yeah. where consumers will ultimately move towards. But we have seen during the pandemic and um, different cohorts shift towards grocery and just a couple of points i mean ultimately when the pandemic started i think the grocery brands probably struggled with capacity And um, they 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 didn't have the pick slots they didn't have the trucks to deliver and we saw consumers often often experiencing um um delays in terms of being able to get a slot. I think that's broadly appears to have been fixed now. So certainly yeah. the main sort of grocery retailers have put in extra capacity, put in extra pick slots, extra trucks, etc. So if you think, if we're to see spikes in COVID and consumers return to sort of um, to online shopping for the balance of the year, that that capacity seems to have been built into the system. Um, we're also now seeing from the discounters are starting to engage the likes of um, Buy Me and Deliveroo around home deliveries as well. So we really have all the grocery players now uh, have actually entered the home delivery space. A um, second point is I think the consumers that have shifted, actually interesting in our survey, I think 63% of those globally that said they they shop online grocery 63 percent of those have actually said that 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 purchases have increased online which kind of makes sense but the interesting stat was 93 percent of them asked were asked the question is when the lockdown is over how will your online shopping behaviors continue and 93 percent said that our our, our, our online our, our new online grocery shopping will will, will continue post lockdown um but just going back to it the the so we have a bunch of consumers of have ultimately shifted online and um, interesting I saw some figures from one of the grocery change of the day where they have seen the over 65s have really shown an interest in it. Um, but it fundamentally comes back to the, the, we still have massive investment in grocery stores. So I think we have fantastic grocery, um, we have fantastic grocery in Ireland. We have, we have continuing, all the major grocers are continuing to invest in stores. But I think we also have a a, a a online grocery sector that's growing. I think that will continue to grow. I think the new behaviours people have adopted will continue. It's it's easy now. The goods are in my basket, so they will continue to shop online. Um but I don't think it's certainly on, I don't think on I don't think online is the death knell for the grocery industry. I'm very yeah. confident we have a we have a fantastic store based system here and um, consumers I think will still continue to want to shop in store, but ultimately there will be a percentage to want to shop online as well.
0: Well, in the past month or two, I've interviewed two different companies that do online shopping for groceries. One is called the Buy Me, he mentioned. Another is called Roadrunner. And Roadrunner is based in Northern Ireland, and they, they, was, they, they, directed, they link you directly to an artisan butcher artisan baker. So rather than go to Tesco or Little, you're going to yeah. uh, uh, produce that, that uh, boutique. And their aim is to launch that in the south later this year. So okay,
1: that's really interesting. I, 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 and I think you make a fair point, Sabrone, because one thing we've seen as well, and we've all done, including myself, our shift towards local shopping has been much greater, butchers, bakers, etc.—and yeah. And I think those independent retailers, I suppose, didn't have an online platform, didn't have the experience or perhaps the, the capital to invest in it. So I think you're right. We're seeing more of these sort of platforms come along now that... Um, that allows independent, sort of those independent retailers to actually um, to 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 piggyback on. Let's say, I've also seen it in the markets business. Yeah. I go to local market, and um, there's a platform. Now, or I can order from multiple multiple um, sellers in the market. and go up on a Saturday morning and and and, and collect my goods. So yeah, I, listen, I think the likes of Roadrunner and, and those type have apps. I think they're good for. I think they're good for independent business. Yeah, well, they were because to... they ultimately because ultimately they allowed them to get online in an easy manner yeah. than having to build from scratch themselves.
0: They were telling me that w- that I had a customer who was recently uh, twenty miles in the middle of nowhere, and I said, "We still deliver to him." 'Cause we, we feel any customer is a customer worth having. And that to me gives a great experience. So when they go and tell their friends about Roadrunner, they're lucky to use it. You said earlier word of mouth, which is great.
1: Yeah, but ultimately that point, I mean sort of online logistics, it's a numbers game really. It's about scale. Yeah. Um, and it's about getting enough people in an area so when I send a truck into it, I'm making money on the truck. And you have to I suppose you just taking your view there where they're where they're able to, where they're willing to go twenty miles. I'd imagine the strategy is well. Let's start getting in there because that person's going to tell their neighbor, and that neighbor will yeah. tell their other neighbor, and all of a sudden That's we're true. going out to a local village, and they have forty deliveries, and and that truck is now making money for me. And um, but it is, it is a num- it, it, it's a numbers game. Um, yeah. But yeah.
0: Because I can remember when, when I was talking to them, and also I talked to Buy Me and Buy Me, were just moved into the UK now, and parenting little Rald in the UK, so they're going there uh, pretty big. And the the guys, uh, Roadrunner are moving, but they're both different sectors of food retail online. But it's good to have that; you have a choice.
1: And I suppose retail has has, if you think it like of a, a food, many sectors sort of hyper hypermarkets down to grocers. We have our discounters, convenience stores. We have local farmers' markets, etc. So there's many many routes to market within the sector. Yeah. So some of the examples you're talking about there, it feels like there's. There's certainly space for, for many different online, let's say, go-to-market providers.
0: Yeah. Now, also in a survey, you, your research outlined four key trends for consideration by retail and consumer brands and organizations. As Navigate, what is ahead? What are those trends?
1: Yeah. But it's really for moment, and rolling. the first one is around sort of expect, we're we're expecting to see consumers um, shopping habits be much more volatile over the next period of time and probably become much more price sensitive. Yeah. so if we look out, you know I think that the 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 as we head into let's say tighter economy and um, perhaps higher levels of employment some some degree of recession, consumers no different to the last recession, pulled back, they start to seek um, they started to seek value in different ways, so we expect that to continue into the certainly over the next sort of twelve to eighteen months, and and all the economic indicators, be it ASRI, central bank accepted, they all point towards that. Um, so retailers really need to be on, understand what those key value products are for customers and ensure that 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 they're delivering on those core items. Secondly, is the point around safety and accessibility that I've touched about, consumers have said, I want to feel safe in the store, so just, just so just. Do what you can to actually to 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 make me yeah. in. So my 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 point on cues, etc. It's kind of relevant to that. So what I won't say too much more there. Thirdly was digital. Digital needs to play digital is playing a much bigger role already. And I think we probably covered some of the points there, but ultimately we're seeing categories move online. Um and and and, and, and that's gonna and that's gonna broadly continue. Um and then finally the point was. Consumers demanding more in terms of sort of their own self care, their own well being, and sustainability. We've seen a big increase in consumers' interest in their own physical health, their mental health. Like I think some of the figures were 69 percent consumers are saying much more interested in those areas than than that than they were prior to the pandemic. Now I think something changed as well. People were at home a lot more, so they had time, and I think the the, the uptake in zoom for for health has been massive um, and we've seen it in terms of yoga Pilates, gym whatever it is we've seen really a, a boom in that and people all of a sudden have actually realized i can i can transition from the gym to to the home quite effectively so for that sort of time pressed consumer who was struggling and um, we had, we now have a whole new sort of options online um but just going back to the point in terms of um the, the if I may just for the first point around um, the consumers are much more price sensitive. I think we've seen a couple of things happening actually, um, and the view has been. And I think one of our stats was thirty six percent of respondents that are going to spend less in the next few months um, compared to prior to pandemic. Now I think there's kind of two things going on there. Is 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 one you just have consumers who are worried about the future in terms of their own economic position in terms of perhaps wage cuts. Um, they might be on some of the government um, 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 employee protection programs yeah. or just their own job security sort of concern with that. But I think we also have an issue where consumers realised our ability to spend has been curtailed all of a sudden. So the things we would normally do from cinemas to, 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 to theatres, etc., all of that has been massively curtailed. So I suppose that our, our, our cut on consumer spending isn't all about economics um, influencing, it's just about my ability to be out and about as a consumer and actually have spending opportunities has, has been minimised as well, so I think the more the sooner we can get things open again and get consumers out and about in a safe manner to allow them sort of to, 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 to spend a hard enduro is important.
0: Now earlier you mentioned briefly about gyms, I, uh, I interviewed a girl two months ago who, do, who was doing yoga lessons in a local gym she would to pivot and go online She's now got more clients than you ever had to focus it off worldwide. So she's a, she pivoted to that. So that it's been a godsend.
1: Yeah, and and, and that's an interesting point. And and suppose if you use the phrase of the future is arriving much quicker than anyone imagined. Yeah. Um I'd imagine these gym operators who are online would never that just uh, like without COVID, some of these 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 shifts we've seen, it would never have happened. Yeah. Um and that's in terms of even you think of how we're working. You know, for the majority of organisations would never have realised that they could probably perform as effectively at home with all of their employees um, sort of working remotely. And even in PwC, like we've, I think, nearly three thousand people now working at home. Our our shift to working at home was extremely easy, but it was on the back of investment we had made in in collaborative technology over the years that essentially that has allowed us to sort of as I said work as effectively as home as in the office. Now, it's like downside you don't have as much people interaction etc. but you know in, in terms of uh in terms of shift out of the office it's it's been highly successful. And we have seen that for a lot of organizations where they pivoted out and now they question themselves in terms of right how 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 they should get people back into the office.
0: So I guess basically you, you, that's one the positives you know just to come out of the pandemic. Oh,
1: absolutely, I, I think and I, I even just listening to some, no. of, some of the radio shows this morning, like people who might have been working in Dublin but, but not from Dublin who have sort of headed back to their headed back to their hometowns to work I think are now starting to question could I actually want to go back into the city to work and paying higher rent, could I have a better quality of life outside of Dublin and I, and I think we're seeing a lot more of a of a debate around that area in terms of what's I suppose what's the, the bigger question is what's the future of sort of urban versus rural Ireland and and is there an opportunity now perhaps let's say some regeneration in rural Ireland where we have people who are who are able to shift back and work from there. Um let's say they could spend a majority of the time working from home and then they spend some of their time working up in up in the cities in their in their sort of employers. And yeah, so I think and and you touched on the whole area of gym. So I think how we shop has changed, how we work, how we how we socialise, everything has really changed in the last twelve to in the last twelve to fourteen weeks and and I don't think those changes are if we see a, assuming eighteen months away, let's say we have a have a vaccine, you know, are we are we gonna go back to the way that we were at the end of it? No, I don't think so. I think a lot of the, the, the new behavioural shifts we have seen will start to become the norm.
0: And before we finish off, is there any of the trends that you noticed in uh, in the report survey that came out?
1: Um, I think one thing we've seen, and and it, it touches on a slightly new report, but certainly from my own point of view, I think the shift towards local and community, in particular in Ireland, I think has been immense during the pandemic. Like if we look to the way as a country we got together, we started to look after those, let's say, less fortunate and those people that made, needed a need. More support, and by that I mean, if you think of the role that the guards played during the during the pandemic in terms of in terms of calling the houses of of the elderly, the sick, except um we have up on post, I men mean, posted a fantastic job through it. The GA really got behind it, so we had fantastic Irish sort of um, let's get on and help each other out in this. And so I, I think from that point of view, I think that's been a key shift. I think that that's also that brought us back into local shops again. I think of my own local sort of shopping area where I probably wouldn't have gone into too much into sort of smaller shops but now I've realized the importance of those and and the accessibility of them so yeah I think local and community role and i I, I think we've 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 realized the role of local and community is really important and 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 we need to invest time back in it um and again I don't think that's going to dissipate as we switch back towards I won't say back to the old normal because the old normal is gone. Yeah. But I think that sort of local community will become more of a of a let's say of a of a pillar yeah. in our in our new normal lives.
0: All right. Thanks so much for that, Owen, and uh, have a great day. And I'm looking forward to next year's uh, survey as well.
1: Great. So, my thanks for having me on, thanks, my man. Thanks, Brian. Have a good Bye. day.
0: Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.